So good to be with you. I'm excited. Are you excited to be here? Thank you. Uh, Pastor Martin is on holidays, enjoying some time with his family. So please keep him in your thoughts and prayers as he does that. You want him to come back refreshed, don't you? Do you love your pastor? Say amen. Amen. Okay, uh, this morning, I don't have like a super deep word. I never usually do. I'm kind of a, you know, meat and potatoes type of dude. Um, but what I want to talk about before we uh, have the, uh, the prayer team come and we pray for healings is this story in the scripture of 10 lepers. And what I want to do is I just kind of want to like look at, at that passage and just kind of pull some truths from it. Is that okay today? Can we have it up on the screen? It happened that as he made his way toward Jerusalem, he's talking about Jesus, that um, he crossed over the border between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered a village, 10 men, all lepers, met him. They kept their distance, but they raised their voices calling out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Taking a good look at them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests, and they went, and while they were still on their way, they became clean. One of them, when he realized that he was healed, turned around and came back, shouting his gratitude, <clears throat> excuse me, glorifying God. He kneeled at Jesus' feet, so grateful. He couldn't thank him enough, and he was a Samaritan. That's a bomb in there we're going to look at. Jesus said, we're not ten healed, where are the other nine? Can none be found to come back and give glory to God except this, there's another bomb, outsider. Then he said, get up uh, on your way, your faith has healed and saved you. So let's look at this this morning. Now, for, if you didn't know this, there was no love lost between the Samaritans and the Jews, the Jewish people. Reason was that at a point, the Samaritans who got the same Torah as the Jewish nation um, what they did was they, they mixed idol worship. Well, first of all, they intermarried, which was a no-no according to the Torah. They, the, 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 one of the, the laws that was given was that the, they were not to intermarry with other races because the Jews wanted to, God wanted the Jews to be this pure line. And he didn't want them getting involved because there was a difference in values between what we call pagan nations or non-Jewish and Jewish. And so the Samaritans intermarried with other nations, and so the Jews very much said, well, you're breaking the law, you're breaking Torah in doing that. And then they got involved with wor the worship of Yahweh, or God as is revealed in the Old Testament, Yahweh, uh, and the worship of Yahweh, and then it was intermingled with idol worship. So the, the, the Samaritans were those people. <laughs> They were like, whatever people group you think of when you think, oh yeah, them. And Jesus, it's interesting here, this isn't the first time that Jesus has upset the proverbial apple cart. Um, you're, you, if you've, you grew up in church or you've been around church, you're familiar of the parable of the Good Samaritan. Jesus is kind of flying in the face, and, and, and so here we have, now misery loves company, so here we have these 10 men with leprosy, Probably there was a mixture of Jewish and Samaritan and maybe other nations, but the only one who returns is the other. <laughs> um, so first of all, first thing I want to talk about is this, 
This is so cheesy, but it's, this is the line that comes to me, okay? When is the last time you did something for the first time? <laughs> now, now, these lepers, if you don't know about leprosy, is a terrible, debilitating disease. It's actually a disease that attacks the nervous system. And I'm told that it can be healed today for about $300. But it attacked in Jesus' day and throughout in biblical history. It attacked the nervous system, and so the nerve endings, say, on the nose, on the fingers, on the toes, would be the first things that would start to, to, <clears throat> to go, and there would be a numbness. And so one day you're working, and you hit your finger with a hammer, and you're like, I didn't feel a thing. <laughs> it's the one thing where pain actually, you want pain in your life because pain helps you know, okay, stop doing that, it hurts. But with leprosy, it wasn't so, it's not uncommon that somebody who had leprosy, that they would fall asleep, and, and a rat would chew on a finger or a toe and it wouldn't even wake them up. And so, because their nerve endings were gone, they think, from what I could research on it, um, it, 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 it is somehow, it's passed through um, like, the, like, like saliva glands. Anyway, so when you were a leper, according to the law in Deuteronomy, what you had to do in Leviticus, there was these laws given to keep the people, once again, pure. So if you were a leper, there's a couple things that you had to do. One, you needed to move out of the city, and you would move on to a leper colony. So here you are, stripped from your family, from your friends, from everything that gives you stability, and you're thrown onto a colony of people who are looking forward to the same fate as you which is eventually your, eventually your, your nervous system is going to begin to shut, shut down your, your limbs and that or begin to, get, begin to go and eventually you're going to die. So why were they standing? It says in this passage they were standing at a distance because if you were a leper and you were going to pass somebody on a walkway, what you would have to do is you'd have to warn them and you would have to say, unclean, unclean, unclean. And that was law, because if you didn't do that, then the leprosy could supposedly spread to someone else, and then you were in even bigger trouble. So these guys are standing at a distance. When is the last time that you did something for the first time? Now, now, now you have to give these guys kudos, because they could have just stayed on a leper colony. They could have just wallowed and said, life is not fair, wah, wah, wah. Boo-hoo for me. But they didn't do that. They said, well, we heard about this guy named Jesus, and we're going to see if, if maybe, he, maybe he is merciful and compassionate, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna just try something different. I think it makes sense that you can either sit around and wallow in your problems, and I'm not trying to be mean, preaching to myself as much as we can either sit around and wallow in our problems and complain about the hand we've been dealt in life or we can try something new. I, here's how this manifested in my life recently. I'm gonna tell you a story, true story. I was complaining, I was, I was, I was listening to a book called The Four Hour Work Week and I still cannot fit 40 hours into four yet but I will probably finish the book and then I'm gonna be just a wizard. I doubt it. Anyway, so I was listening to this and he was challenging some, some conceptions of how you, you know, 
a lot of times we just think, well, my dad did this and my grandpa did this and I'll, I'll, I'll be this way. And so he's kind of challenging that and he kind of said, like, what would you do? What would you try if you couldn't fail? And I'm like, ah, that's kind of Disneyland stuff. I'm too old for that now. And, 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 and something came into my mind as soon as, as soon as I started going down that pattern of thinking is I remembered that a week before I had been complaining to my wife and um, I was and I said, you know what? I wish my parents would have put me in a martial art. If they would have, think of where I'd be today. You know, I said, think of physically how fit I'd be. I said, think of mentally how strong I would be, you know? And as, as I'm li listening to this audiobook, my mind is arrested and it's like, oh, Jackson, are you a victim? Poor you. Your parents didn't put you in a martial art. And I had this like, uh-huh, and I was like, I'm a grown man. So I signed up for a Brazilian jiu-jitsu class. So this little jiu-jitsu dude says to me, this is a perfect class for you. I'm going to bring you opponents, and all I want you to do is keep them on the ground. And I thought, I could probably do that. Just So you put one arm around one side, and then like this, not quite a chokehold, but almost, and you just hold them on the ground. And of course, they try to buck you off, or hook your legs, or twist you in an arm bar. Anyway, so I first guy comes up, he's a third the size of me, and I'm like, keep him on the ground. Just keep him on the ground. That's all I need to do is keep him on the ground. I mean, within about two minutes, I was so out of breath, he twisted me and moved me. Next thing I knew, I flew about five feet across the mat, landed on my back, and he goes, oh, no, no, are you okay? And I'm like, that was fun, you know. Um, what? Let me just ask this then. In that, now, that's a silly example, but to me, it was kind of a big deal because I've been, actually been enjoying the training. I was not sore the next day, but the day after that, I thought I was literally going to die. Um, so, anyway, so, can I challenge, if you just are in that pattern of like, I wish, I would, do something about it. Do something different. If your dream has always been to do underwater basket weaving, I release you. In the name of Jesus, go and weaveth. Um, so there's these... So they're standing at a distance. Now remember these lepers that, according to Deuteronomy 28, if you do this and this and this, you'll be blessed. But if you do this and this and this, you'll be cursed. And the people of that day saw that, that black and white, they saw that as, so if somebody then, that's why that one time in John's gospel, they say when they see this blind man, they say, Jesus, so was it this guy who sinned or was it his parents? Because it's pretty clear. That was a huge spit. Did you see that on the front row? <laughs> Good thing we're going to have to hand out a little cat towel or like a, a raincoat or maybe just like a little I love Jesus umbrella. <clears throat> anyway, I'll try to contain myself. So now you've gotten me all messed up. What was, what was my point there? Okay, they were cursed. Oh yeah, they were seen then as those who were cursed by God. Can you imagine, now we're a little bit smarter than that now, because we don't look at someone and say, well, obviously they sinned, and if you do that, stop doing that. 
But in that day, they thought that was so black and white. If there was poverty, it was like, well, you've got sin in your life. If there was sickness, it was like, must be sin. And like, you know what? Jesus comes and he kind of is like, no. And, and so these, so but imagine what it would have been like to live. So not only now, you've been kicked out, you gotta leave your house, you gotta leave everything that's familiar, but now you walk around with this stigma because every time someone looks at you, they think, well, what did you to get, do to get those deadly pestilences or those diseases to attack you? It would have been difficult to live like that. Um, so the stigma would have been crazy. Every time you go down the road, you'd have to say you're unclean. You, you lived believing that you were cursed. Maybe, maybe this morning you don't have leprosy. <laughs> but maybe you believe. Maybe you have a belief system that, is, that, that you think you are cursed. Or maybe, maybe, and I've run into this. I feel like it's a mandate from the Holy Spirit. You know there's some people that have more faith in the devil than they do in God. Almost like more faith that things aren't going to go well. The devil's against me. He's attacking me. He'll never let me get set free. Well, how about this? That the Bible says that the Son of Man came to destroy the works of the devil. And there's more power in the name of Jesus than all of the hordes of darkness combined. But maybe this morning you feel a little bit like a leper and you think, I feel like that. I almost feel like I'm unclean. Or, and, and you know what? I want to tell you today that that is not of God. If you feel shame and a smallness about yourself, if you feel like you're never going to be able to get a foot up and you're never going to be able to move forward, maybe you feel stuck because of things that have happened in your past. Maybe you feel stuck because of something that you're dealing with in your life right now. Let me tell you that God is the God who is moving forward. And if you want to walk with him, keep moving. Imagine what it had been like for those lepers that day. So Jesus says, because what was the law? It was, well, go and show yourself to the priest. The priest was the skin checker. You could go through and read in Leviticus if the bumps were, I can't remember exactly how it's worded, but basically if it's this color, you know they're okay. If it's this, so Jesus just says to these 10 guys, he says, go and show yourself to the priests, <laughs> to the priest. And the Bible says this, that as they went, they were healed. Now, listen to me. Life can knock you down. It can take the wind from you. It can suck the wind out of your sails. And, and, and I believe that, you know, there are times where you need to pull back from serving, from relationships, from being involved. Or there's times where you need to pull back and maybe get some recreation time. <laughs> Or that you need to just pull back and maybe have some counseling or some, but, but there's, there's, so that's, I'm not downplaying that or saying that's in any way illegitimate. Because if, if you're not walking from a healthy place, then you're just going to be bubbling over with unhealth. <laughs> but there's something in that concept that as they went, they were healed. And you know that you don't have to have every single step figured out to start doing something. You don't even have to have all the right Bible knowledge to serve on a team at the church or to invite a friend to church. You know, a lot of times, it's, it's as we go. It's in the one step, two step, okay, what do I do now? Three step of life. 
It's like, I don't have all the stuff figured out, but I do know that I'm just going to be obedient, that word that we love, obedient. Lord, I don't know everything. Are you laughing because I spit again? Because that is rude. Um, <laughs> obedient. That, that Jesus is just saying, just go, your, go just, just begin the journey. You say, well, you know, maybe you've been thinking about becoming a Christian. Maybe you're here this morning, someone has invited you, and you think, well, I don't know, I, did, I, I didn't need to know everything first. Now, just take one step of obedience. Maybe, maybe you were hurt by someone in a relationship, and you're like, I'm never going to trust anyone ever again. My heart has been broken, and that's it. Just take one step. Maybe you're like, I don't know how I could get out of this mess. You have no idea what a mess my life is in. Just one step. If, if you can just figure out just that next step, and I've talked about this here before, but I remember when I was going through a season in my life when it sucked a lot, um, this guy phoned me and he said, Jackson, a step is just, it's just an educated fall. You just allow yourself to fall and catch yourself. Fall and catch yourself. You don't have to figure everything out. Just take a step. As they went, they were healed. So this one who comes back is a Samaritan. Um, and, and, and he is the one who... It says that they were all healed, but it says at the end of the story that Jesus says to this one, we don't know if they were all saved, but he says to this one, your faith has saved you. And then Jesus almost makes the remark like, weren't there this many? Wasn't there 10 and only one came back and was thankful? It's clear to me in this story that, that maybe all 10 were healed, but only one was saved. And what was the difference? Now, usually when I think saved, I think salvation, having your faith in Christ. Okay, that's true. But that word saved is a word that is much more holistic than, like, I prayed a prayer and asked Jesus in my heart. It's, it's, um, it's much more holistic. It means to be saved and healed and delivered from, like, unrest. And so you might be a Christian, but you still have some areas where you're like, yeah, but I'd really like to be set free in this area or that area. The difference <clears throat> between just having a partial work in your life from this, and I think the Bible teaches this, I think, the difference between just having a partial work and a full salvation experience is thankfulness. I think that it is so important to praise God. I know that sometimes it's not your personality to sing out the songs. Um, and, and that's, I know some people that are, I, I have a friend who will say, I am so excited right now. <laughs> I am excited. And you know what? He means it. Like, it just, it's just, that's who he is. He's like, I'm very excited. And I'm like, I don't, you do, yeah, you are, yeah, you are. Okay, well. <laughs> what does thankfulness do? It does a few things. It makes Jesus not you or I the center. Um, there's an old song that says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. 
uh, look full into his wonderful face, and now I can't remember the rest of the words. The things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You know what? You can complain or you can be thankful, but you can't do both at the same time. You can have words that are filled with life and hope and the, God's purpose, or you can speak words of death and defeat and destruction, but you can't do both of those things at the same time. Um, you know, what you focus on becomes bigger. If your focus is, oh, imagine these guys, if they would have sat and focused on their problems. I mean, they had every reason in the world to just wallow. A deadly disease that they had nothing to look forward to but dying a painful death. But something in them. And there's something about that that just refuse. Refuse to wallow. Refuse to allow those. You know the Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil the vineyard? It's the little foxes that get in there. It's those little thoughts that get into your mind and disrupt what God wants to do in your thinking process. That's why it's so important to think about what you think about. I know. I feel like I say that everywhere and all the time. But it's so true. What you focus on becomes bigger. So if you focus on thankfulness, that will become larger in your life. Amen. I'm going to invite the musicians to come up. Whatever happens in your life, turn it into praise. I had a friend growing up with in, in school, and she, um, she developed some kind of a weird brain tour, and uh, within about three years, she passed away. <laughs> but she went out praising. She said, the doctors, we knew the doctors, they said they couldn't do anything, this is just gonna happen. She said, so what I do is I would just invite my, my sister over and my family over and we would just worship and praise for hours. I don't know about you, but I'd rather go out praising then go out defeated. And the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. That when we begin to praise him, we begin to look outside of our circumstances and the, the things of life that, that can bring confusion or, 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 um, or frustration or, or cause us to be intimidated, if you will begin to look at not how big your problem is, but how big your God is. The whole atmosphere around you will start to change. You'll find that, that life will just, it'll change. I, I guarantee it. You focus on the goodness of God instead of your circumstances and believe God that he is on the throne, that he is a good, good father and that he really wants to make all things work together for your good. Now in a moment, I'm gonna invite the prayer team to come. Actually, you guys can come up now, prayer team. Now, maybe you've never come forward for prayer because you thought, well, well, I don't want to go up there. It looks weird. Or I want to encourage you to try something for the first time. Now, listen, if you've got a need in your body, a physical sickness, we believe that God is a healer, that he's not only the healer of 
physical, but also emotional pain and turmoil. He can set you free from anxiety and depression and, and anything that you're going through. So I wanna invite you in a moment to come for prayer and just share with these people. Let them pray for you. Let them believe God. Maybe you, maybe you don't have a physical sickness, but you just need somebody to just stand with you and declare over you that, that God is working in your life. Maybe you're struggling in your marriage. Maybe you're struggling in your business. You know, the Bible says that we are to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. I'm gonna pray a general prayer. As I'm praying, you're welcome to come up to the front, all right? Come now if you want prayer. Holy Spirit, I thank you, Lord, for your power in this room. Lord, I command, Lord, today that every demonic stronghold be broken is under the hearing of my words, under my voice today. Lord, I declare freedom in every heart and every mind, I pray. Lord, I pray today for people with problems. If you're here and you have something in your left ear, I don't know if it's an infection or if it's just deafness, I want you to come forward and let the prayer team pray for you. If you've got problems in your the, the right side of your lower back, I want you to come and get the prayer team to heal. If you've got problems in your left knee, I want you to come forward for prayer, all right? And anything else, God bless you. Can we all stand today? If you want to stay and linger in the presence of God for a few moments, please do that. Um, if, if you want to come for prayer, please come. And um, if not, I'm just going to officially dismiss you. God bless you. Hope you had an encouraging uh, morning. Much love.